0: Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that serves as a support resource for stigmatized communities and helping them navigate their healing process. Today's guest is Laura. Can I call you, Laura? Or did you want me to give you a fake name? Laura's good. All right. We won't say your last name or anything like that. Um, yeah, we'll where are you from? Ohio. Isn't that uh, the Drew Carey show? Cleveland Rocks? Is that where yes, you're at?
1: Drew Carey is from Ohio. Where <laughs> the show is. I don't know about Drew Carey, actually.
0: So you and I connected via Facebook, one of our mutual groups that we're part of. Today, we're going to talk about your experience living with herpes. I'm going to let you take control of the conversation. You lead, you say everything that you want to say, and then I'll jump in and it'll just be very conversation style. If you say something that you don't like, or you misspeak on something, or you slip up and say somebody's name and you want that edited out, I can do that later. So you just let me know uh, when you listen to it before I edit it. What timestamp you said what you said, and then tell me what was said, and I'll be able to just remove it like it never happened. All right.
1: Okay. So I guess I'll just start by telling you when I first started having symptoms and the progression from there. I had symptoms probably in October of 2018. Didn't know what was happening. Wasn't sure. Just was having pain when I had sex with my boyfriend at the time. Kind of. Put it off for a while, thought it would be other things. Wasn't getting any better, so I finally went to the doctor. She swabbed me for herpes, and she told me that's likely what it was. And at the time, I was just like, there's no way. I don't have herpes. Come on. And then I got the test results probably about a week later, and I was just like, "Ah." it was not a good feeling to have. I'd always told myself, previous to my diagnosis, oh, at least I don't have herpes, can't ever get rid of it. That was one of the things I was like, I never want to get that. And of course, that's what ends up happening, right? So it was very hard to deal with that because of my previous emotions about it. Probably some kind of shame and a little bit of self-loathing, I would say, out of my control at that point. And then I, of course, discussed it with my partner at the time. His first response was, you better not blame this on me. And I felt so alone. From there, he was the first person I told. And I really didn't tell anyone else for three months. I was just almost grieving in a way and trying to deal with it. In my own way in my own time trying to sort through feelings i had i felt like my dating life was over like even though i was in a relationship deep in my heart i knew this wasn't long-term partner for me so i'm like well what's gonna happen when i date after this am i ever gonna have enjoyable sex again all these things going through my head and then i don't know what caused me to finally tell my brother but he's like one of my mentor figures in my life and he's fortunately for me was formerly an hiv counselor so when i told him he had a really positive response very supportive gave me a lot of insight with disclosures and just living with the disease or virus from there i didn't really tell anyone else for a while maybe some like close friends and my sister and then in March of this past year, I became single. Finally broke up with my boyfriend, thank God. <laughs> it's a long time coming. At that point, it's, oh shit, sorry for my language. Now, what do I do? Like, how do I tell people? Like, what are the rules around this? I joined a forum on Reddit that's like Reddit Herpes or something like that. And there's a lot of people that post on there, like, disclosure stories. And so I started reading through those. People offer advice on how to disclose, what to say. I keep a list of my disclosures now just for my own reference because it's interesting to look at different ways I've disclosed and how people have reacted. So my first disclosure was a guy who I had messed around with previously, And it got to the point I was talking to him again, and I got to the point where I wanted to be physically intimate with him, but I wouldn't because I hadn't disclosed. And so I finally disclosed, and I was so nervous, and I sent him this huge paragraph text message with all these statistics, and it was, in retrospect, too much, (laughs) way over the top, but I think at that time, I was still dealing with some feelings of self-loathing and being broken and, you know, please accept me, like, kind of feelings about it. And I think a lot of that came out through my text to him. And whether that was on me or on him, it didn't go very well. He kind of distanced himself. And we're actually still friends today, and we have been intimate since then, but there was just, like, this weird period of time and didn't really know what was going on, he didn't really talk about it, I was like, whatever. We still have never really talked about it, but <laughs> that's what that is. From there, it slowly got easier to disclose. I've probably disclosed to about 10 people now, altogether. I've had some borderline bad reactions, but overall, it's been pretty positive. I've actually, like, casually disclosed to some people on, like, dating websites. It's very non-confrontational and kind of easy. Like, don't know the person. They don't really know you. So I tried that. That was fine, actually. Guys just asked me some questions and were like, okay, that's cool. Let's keep talking kind of thing. I'm just close to, like, close guy friends. They were very accepting. A lot of my school friends, just like friends in general, all very accepting.
0: With your disclosures... Uh-huh. It sounds like you voluntarily disclose to even people who you aren't potentially dating. Is that the case? Why do you do that?
1: I disclose to them because I want them to be educated about the condition. I was previously uneducated about herpes in general. I knew how it was transmitted, which is sexually in a lot of cases. But I didn't know you still get it with condoms. I didn't know I was never ever ever tested for it and that most likely none of my partners were tested for it and these are things that I think should be in place and that people should be aware of for me I'm telling people because I want them to have my perspective to see that anyone can have it and so that way if they for whatever reason are exposed to someone else at some point who says I have herpes they're not gonna freak out more or less
0: that's awesome. I like that you're doing that. And it doesn't seem like it's really in a pushy way. Is there a way that the conversation normally gets started for you to just so casually disclose to friends and classmates?
1: For my friends, a lot of times I'm talking to them about my dating stories. And it's it's really also hard to tell them, I'm nervous. I have to disclose to this person or I disclose to this person and now they're acting like X, Y, and Z. So like I have to give them the background that's just leaving a lot of pieces open. I have a friend who is very open about her conditions. She has some like autoimmune intestinal disorders. And I told her like, I think it's really inspiring how you're so open with your con- about your conditions. And I said, I actually have herpes and it's really great to hear someone who is so open about it. And funny enough, she ended up telling me that she had previously had HPV. Herself, so she kind of understood
0: what it was like to go through something like that. It's really cool how that self disclosure leads to setting the foundation for there to be safety in disclosing. I'll share something real quick with you because you don't know this, but one of my early disclosures to someone was after they disclosed to me that they had their own health condition. And this was on Tinder. She and I had been messaging back and forth for a while, and then she tells me she has like chronic asthma. And I was like, well, we all have our health conditions. I mean, it's like when I found out I had herpes, never heard from her again. <laughs> so, I mean, it's cool, this was years ago. So <laughs> yeah, we've modified the disclosure process, but like you said, it's really important to be able to play around and see what works for different people, different strokes for different folks. What do you feel worked well for you throughout your dating process? Um, let's start with online dating. I
1: do a lot of online dating. I just end up meeting people naturally a lot of times. So with disclosing with people that I meet, I tend to do it over text message now. Like I mentioned, the first time I disclosed was like huge and too much. So it kind of depends on my comfort level with the person, but pretty much I'm at the point where I will just say, I'm HSV2 positive, and I ask them if they're familiar with the condition, if they have any questions about it pretty much where I'm at with it now I let them do their own research just own thinking about it and I'm there if they want to talk about anything oh I also tell them that I'm on antivirals that reduce the risk
0: as well do you happen to ask people about their status or is it more of like a you disclose and then that's it like they either ask your questions you move forward or whatever else happens
1: yeah I don't really them about their status too often. I think that's a decent way to lead in would be to ask, um, about previous testing for themselves. Um, like, especially if you're thinking about having sex with the person, um, but it doesn't always happen that way.
0: And so for you, do you disclose when you are considering having sex with someone or do you disclose early upfront before you even start getting to know them or, uh, I know you mentioned earlier feeling comfortable with someone. How soon is soon enough to disclose, or when do you know it's safe to do so?
1: It's kind of like a feeling, really. There's people that I've dated who I've never disclosed to just because I wasn't that into them, and I don't really feel like it's necessarily like their business. Like It's part of me, but it's just, I don't know. They didn't even know. I do disclose when I feel like I'm ready to be physically
0: intimate with someone. You share with people, your friends, like about your dating challenges and open up to them about maybe, oh, well, I got to disclose to this guy. What are your friends' reactions to that? Because I think that there's opportunity for people to be able to so casually talk about it. I know that whenever I've dated, I've left that part out in the past. If it came to me having to talk about herpes or if I met someone online, who also had herpes, having to filter out parts of the conversation, leaving those holes there so that I didn't have to disclose to the people around me. From your experience, do you have any advice on being comfortable with being able to just have the conversation without having to fill in those holes or uh, create those holes even? Because I think that it also tilts the scale on the kind of advice that your friends are able to give back to you, especially if it's something that you're looking for from them
1: choose actively more open-minded and kind people in my life. Now that I'm actively putting those people in my life, it's kind of just like a vibe I get. That's kind of why I don't disclose to everybody either. If you know those people are that way, you can trust that they won't judge you or do those things in the first place.
0: Do you have any way of figuring out no, I don't want to disclose to this person. Is it something that they do or something that they say? And you said you've dated people that you didn't feel needed to know that information. So is it like you just kind of kept them at arm's distance and were giving them opportunities to demonstrate that they were someone that you would want to disclose to, or were these situations where you were just killing time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of both. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Dating should be fun. It is fun. I like meeting new people, having new experiences. There's definitely been some people that I would think, just my gut tells me, that they wouldn't be okay with it. And I kind of do distance myself eventually from those people. But even people that I have thought would be okay with it that I just wasn't vibing with, I not tell them.
0: Have you ever felt that good vibe and then disclosed and then regret it? can you say that again? I want to ask the question better. Have you ever disclosed and then regretted disclosing? No. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And I ask that because we talk about successful disclosures on social media. And in a lot of the groups, we're like, I had a successful disclosure. And in my mind, any conversation where you talk about sexual health with a partner is a successful disclosure, like it's that success in itself, because we aren't, overall having the conversations. And one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you about whether or not you asked the other person that you were disclosing to about their STI status is because that is something that we often leave out of the conversation. We're so hung up on, oh, I got to have this conversation. I hope that this is someone who's going to be accepting of it. And then we just completely leave out the fact that this other person has Status, we don't know if it's positive or negative, we don't know the last time that they've been tested. How on top of their sexual health are they? And this is another good filter for people because someone who regularly screens for STIs is more of a uh, safer person in terms of sexuality because if they're getting tested and they're on top of their status that means that they've had these conversations in the past and they're having these conversations now and the whole realm of sex positivity there's an aspect of it that comes with knowing your status and being able to comfortably communicate it and then there's uh the pieces of consent and then open-mindedness and uh just awareness of uh the the whole sex positive space so therefore if this is someone who is comfortable with talking about this then maybe this is someone that you're more likely to have a more positive sexual experience with
1: that's a great point i have actually had an experience of talking with someone about their sexual health um they already knew my status without going into too much detail they wanted to sleep together without using protection so i said that might be okay but what's your status? Do you know? They told me they were last tested a year ago. I, I asked to see the results. <laughs> they didn't have them. And then they went and got tested themselves and sent the results to me. And they got the herpes test positive for HSV-1 antibodies. And I actually had the chance to educate them that that could be sexually transmitted. He said, you know, I've had it for so long. And I said, that's fine, but are you disclosing? Are you even aware? And he thanked me. He said, no, I wasn't, but I'll start disclosing this
0: now. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that because that's something that we don't hear that I haven't heard. Having disclosed to somebody and then have the conversation, like you you didn't just lay there and be like, oh my God, yes, somebody wants me. You were very protective of your space. You advocated for yourself and asked that person's status. And then they said a year ago, and you're like, well, we're going to push this a step further. We're not just going to accept that this person got tested a year ago. Show me the results. Oh, you don't have the results? All right, go get tested and we'll pick this up after you get tested. Oh, you got tested? Here's what your results mean. Let's talk through this. That's really, really cool of you to be so advocating for yourself and for putting one more person out here who is aware because oftentimes that's how we get it we get it because we were unaware that we weren't tested that condoms don't protect us everything that you said earlier on in the podcast thank you that's nice of you no thank you that's nice of you (laughs) (laughs) there were a couple of other things in your story that i wanted to touch on one of which was you mentioned having shown symptoms for a while and sex was just painful for you for a while with your significant other at that point in time. Can I ask how much time went by from when you noticed that there was pain and then when you actually went to the doctor? Three months. So for three months? Yes. Yeah. I have sensitive
1: chemistry down there to begin with. As a female, I get a lot of, like, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, stuff like that. So it's always been difficult for me to balance my pH, flora, bacteria, what have you. So I didn't know if it was that. I just started a new birth control. So I was Googling about my birth control. I didn't know if it was that. So I was just kind of like messing around. But also a little bit maybe in denial, like this is going to go away. Like it's going to get better. And then it just got to the point of, okay,
0: it's not going away. Okay. So did it go away and come back or was it just that constant sensation in the same spots? Did it move around? Were there any visible symptoms?
1: So the doctor apparently saw it, but I couldn't see anything. I asked my boyfriend, I was like, do you see anything? He didn't see anything. But it was pretty constant, I would say. Throughout that
0: time. Well, I'm glad that you went and got it checked out, but uh, I want people to be aware that it is really possible for us to completely just overlook and miss symptoms, which it's important for us to listen to our bodies. We know if something's off about our body. And go in and get tested regularly, even if it's just between partners, or if it's every six months, every three months, or every other month, you know, depending on what your level of sexual activity is. The other thing that I wanted to touch on was the relationship. You knew that this wasn't somebody that you wanted to be with, right? Alright, so was it the fact that you now had herpes? Did this person guilt you into staying with them? Did you feel guilted into staying with them? Did they have herpes too? Or what kept you in this relationship that you didn't want to be in?
1: Oh, well, lots of reasons. A little bit to do with herpes. A lot to do with my own personal like insecurities I had at the time and not wanting to be alone. And then after having herpes, he didn't guilt me at all, but... There was also this thing in the back of your head, like, oh, will anyone else accept me? Like, I have this person now who accepts me. And in regards to whether he has herpes, disease, I really don't know. He is a pathological, maybe not pathological, he's a very strong liar. He told me he got tested because I asked him to go get tested. And I never saw any results. He said, oh, they're going to call me. He never Told me that they called him or did anything i have since we've broken up spoken to him about my problems disclosing because it's only safe to assume that he hasn't considering we were having sex for three months while i was having breakouts or outbreak so the odds are very high that he has it uh when i talked with him about disclosing to people he just tells me to use condoms i think that is him implying don't disclose just use condoms and you'll be fine so i have a lot of mixed feelings about us whether he knew he had it or not based off the fact that that's his advice for like other people is to not tell
0: them and then what ended the relationship if you don't mind me asking i mean besides him being a liar and probably just having lied and you got tired of it like how'd you find the strength to get out of this relationship that you felt safer in instead of going back out into the wild dating
1: just where I wasn't happy in my relationship and it's been a long time four years going back and forth with this man going through a lot of heartbreaks heartaches trust broken lies you name it it had to be the final straw at that point
0: so after this relationship when did you realize you was a bad bitch and you ain't need that shit
1: <laughs> after the relationship um god it just took a while for 10 months. So it's been 10 months since that time. And it's really been within the last couple of months. I would say just closing at first is like you're kind of finding your foothold and like figuring out where you are, where you stand with things. And then once you find that, you can kind of like take off. So I just had some really positive experiences that really gave me strength and courage to
0: realize I'm a bad bitch there you go (laughs) so I've been single now for going on three months but by the time this is released it'll have been more than three months but um getting your feet back out there is a little bit of a challenge and then for you having been single now for 10 months and going back out into dating like what was it that you went through that made you just know all right I'm ready to start dating again
1: Pretty soon after my breakup, not like the next day, but within the month, I would say I don't think I was ready, but I
0: wanted to try it. The experiences that you had seem to be more positive than anything else. So that's really that's good. But that's a question that I challenge people to ask themselves. How do I know I'm ready to date again? For me, I will say that when you're able to. Well, first, accept that your relationship that you just got out of ended. You have to accept that, be able to figure out your identity without that other person. And this is, I should just say I and me instead of what other people should do. Because for some people, it may work to just after you get out of a relationship, maybe you don't need time. Maybe it's been a long time coming, whatever. But being able to communicate to other people or the next person that you're in a relationship with, why your last relationship ended, using I statements. So if you're able to say, well, I did this. This is what I did. This is what I learned about myself. That's how I know now that I'm ready because I could not do this a month after my breakup. And so I want to just leave that in here for people who may be questioning that or wondering that for themselves.
1: I'm dating, but I'm not like dating, looking for anything serious, per se, so maybe I'm still not to the point of being ready, like you said.
0: Do you feel like you got to get something out of your system first, or have you just not met the right person that's, like, swept you off your feet?
1: Both. I spent a lot of my 20s in relationships, and now that I'm almost 30, I really just want to be by myself and single, and free, and do whatever I wanna do, meet who I wanna meet, travel, just do fun stuff, not have to worry. Phase of life that I'm at, I'm trying to pour my love into myself after I spent so long pouring love into other people. Those are my motivations for not really wanting to date seriously right now. But I think if I met someone who is absolutely amazing, that could change.
0: It's great that you're open to you know, whatever, basically, and you're not limiting yourself, which is probably the biggest takeaway here. Uh, you're meeting people organically and you're not letting your diagnosis keep you from meeting people or giving them a chance to date or giving yourself the chance to have these new experiences and meet new people and be out there. For someone who may be struggling with Thinking that they can only date someone who has herpes or they can't date anyone at all, what would you say to them?
1: Herpes is a part of you now, and it's not going anywhere. Just the reality of the matter. If if you're not ready to be open with that to other people, maybe take some time for yourself and really come to love and accept that about yourself. And I think that the rest will kind of
0: follow naturally. I don't know, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? We can leave it. What at well, You don't have to fish for anything. Like, what we have is really good. Yeah, if there's just anything that you feel like you wanted to put out there that you didn't get a chance to share, this would be the place for you to do it. And if you don't have anything, that's okay. <laughs>
1: Stay happy and have sex. There good you sex. go.
0: <laughs> uh, has your sex life changed since having herpes? I guess we can close out with that.
1: Honestly, yes. I've had struggles on some levels earlier. I wouldn't tolerate that now, but it's been a learning curve of sleeping with, and maybe this is just a problem with women in general, and I've been in relationships for so long, but sleeping with men who didn't care about pleasuring me and giving me orgasms and then it was kind of this like back and forth with myself well I have to understand that they don't want to go down on me because they could get herpes but like at the same time am I limiting myself don't I just serve someone who wants to pleasure me and I've dealt with partners where I've talked with them about it and they basically have zero interest And I would say before I had herpes, nobody ever really treated me like that. I don't know if it is the herpes disclosure doing that. I have had people tell me that they don't want to go down on me because of that directly. The decision I've had to come to with those people is those are just not my people. Like I respect how they feel. But, like, that's just not what I'm looking for and not what I want. And
0: because of that, we won't be compatible. There you go. I think that the people we date or the people that we're supposed to be intimate with either already have herpes or they are okay with the fact that you have herpes. Everybody else just doesn't belong. So two-thirds of the people that you want to be intimate with, like, the odds are greater then they are not, if that makes sense. So one third of people won't want to sleep with you. The other two thirds will when you look at it from that perspective. So the odds are in your favor. (laughs) You just got to be willing to pursue them or allow them into your space. All right, Laura, that's all I got for you. How you feel? I'm good.
1: I'm excited.
0: Good. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if you want to hang out for a little bit, I'm just going to close us out and we'll talk a little bit about what just happened.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot for having me, Courtney. Happy to
0: share my story. Oh yeah. Thank you. That concludes this episode of something positive for positive people. Please like rate review, subscribe to share this podcast. On your podcast player If you want to continue to support the show You can do so just by listening to the podcast Sharing the podcast Or you can donate to the nonprofit At SPFPP.org If you're someone who has a story You have your own experiences um, Not just with herpes But encountering any sort of stigma And navigating it And you would like to share your experience On this platform Please don't hesitate to reach out This is expanding beyond just herpes and STDs We're entering the space of stigma and trauma and providing experience-based resources to assist people in navigating their healing process. Till next time, stay sex positive.